Hello and welcome to Today in STEM as we discuss what's new in the realms of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics as all combined to make your world a better place. I'm your host, Wes Sumner. This program gives you an inside look at all things STEM, hearing from experts, and relating their knowledge to our everyday lives. We're pleased to have as today's guest, Dr. Andrew Palmer. He's an associate professor at the Florida Institute of Technology and does amazing work studying Mars dirt, for lack of a better term. And he's going to help me fancy that up a bit. But Dr. Palmer, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Great to have you here. Uh, let's start with a word that you taught me, uh, and that's regolith. And we understand that your research involves simulating Mars soil here on Earth so that we can better understand the red planet in case we one day go there. But you please tell us, what is regolith and, and where what is the focus of your research in this area? Sure. So the term, you know, when we talk about Mars soil, um, you know, what we're actually really talking about is something called regolith. And regolith is basically, um, you know, for to, to keep it simple, is soil that hasn't been acted upon by biology. So life changes soil and is changed by soil, right? Regolith is what we'll call geological substrate. So it's stuff we can grow that we could potentially grow things in, but has not had life in it before. So that's really hard to simulate here on Earth because, well, we're full of life here, right? And so what we're really trying to do are find um, the best matches that we can here on Earth. And we partner with various space scientists and geologists uh, to help us understand what that looks like. And then we want to see, can we use these these simulants for the red planet to um, grow food there? So can we make a what, what NASA calls a bioregenerative life support system? Oh, I'm uh, sure there's an acronym in there somewhere. Yes, too. <laughs> um, that we can use in part to make oxygen. So having growing plants that can help support you know, oxygen production for colonists, but also mostly to grow food so that these colonists would have fresh food uh, to eat there, which would be really good morale booster, good for nutrition. How is Mars soil different from Earth soil? Oh, my gosh. Uh, tons of different ways. So, um, you know, the Martian surface, obviously, the, again, regolith, doesn't have a biological process acting on it. Um, you know, in it, there are places on Earth that do mirror parts of Mars. And, you know, that's one of the things that why we can make mimics of it is because we can find places that look more like Mars than others, right? Um, you know, but but really the it's uh, generally speaking high in salt content. Um, there's a lot of something called perchlorates in there, which are uh, carcinogens and potentially explosive. Uh, and so we have to figure out how to remediate that material so that we're going to be able to safely grow plants there. Um, because the dirt is explosive? Well, you know, you'd have to concentrate it out Understood. of there, got but it, yeah. um, but yes, potentially, potentially. So, um, you know, and we've and, got rocket ships landing on the on the Martian uh, surface. Right, right, okay, right. Um, I'd say it's probably more of a health threat than an explosive threat. Understood. But <laughs> but, uh, but it's a you know it's an important for us to understand you know how we're going to grow in that challenging material, and and that's where we kind of come back to how we learn something about our planet as well, because with uh, climate change. Uh, we are going to have mass cha massive changes in what arable land is available. And, you know, as of more than a decade ago, all the good farming land is being used on this planet. So everything that we're now trying to farm on is usually not the best. And so learning how to grow on these kind of really challenging substrates like a simulation for Mars teaches us something about how we're going to grow here as well. 
And then the, the last thing I'd say that's actually, you know, I think was really interesting for me as I kind of moved into this process was learning that that and, and that Mars, like Earth, is not one geographical kind of place. There is no simulant for Mars, you know, because different places are, have different compositions. So just like here. Just like Earth. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm here on the campus of Florida Tech and I take a sample of, of soil and I look at the mineralogy, mineralogy and the microbes that live there and then I go 50 miles down in te- into Florida and I get another sample, those are going to be different. And it turns out Mars is also different. So part of this process is learning about, you know, generically speaking, how can we grow food there? But then also learning, can we tweak that for different possible landing sites and colony sites eventually? And that's kind of the direction we're trying to move in is can we help people figure out, you know, where to land on Mars to grow the best food? Because, again, in your experience, to have people on the red planet one day, we've got to figure out a way for them to be able to grow some kind of nourishment. They can't take everything, right, to live oh, indefinitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, you know, there's a, a whole model of sustainability. And, you know, and you think about it right now, the current um, mission parameters, it takes about seven months to get to Mars. And so if you imagine if there's a single missed shipment or issue with a rocket or something else happens, you know, seven months is a really long time to wait for a resupply, right? Uh, and then there's just a pure psychological component to it, right? You know, humans are, are we grow, we are used to an environment around us that is, that is green, that has filled with plant life, right? right. We oftentimes put plants as part of the eco- ecosystem around us and we forget that they're alive, right? They're just so part of our background environment, right? And I think that that's a can be a really crucial part. Well, you, speaking of, of living things, let's talk about tomatoes <laughs> and some work that, that you've been d- uh, doing and it's a lot of fun with Heinz Ketchup. Tell us about that collaboration. Yeah, so that was a really interesting collaboration. Um, you know, just, just as an aside, it began with a, me getting an email that, you know, you, you receive emails sometimes and you go, I will look at that later because my first assumption was it has the word Heinz and tomatoes in the title. And I just went, okay, well, this is, some kind of spam, and I'll look at it later. So, you know, a couple of days later, I was gonna going through my my uh, my my list of things I'd set aside, and I started reading this email about trying to grow tomatoes in Martian simulants, like what we've been doing uh, with like things like lettuce in, in my lab so far. And I thought, wow, this is this is actually serious. I think they might be they might really mean this. And I said, well. They won't really want to do it once they find out how difficult it's going to be, right? And and so we hadn't – no one had done this process yet, gotten to a point where we'd grown for that long. Um, so typically when we grow plants in uh, these these regolith simulants for, for Mars, it's, you know, a month, two months, right? And so to get to tomatoes, it's six, seven months potentially really to get to a point where we're going to be harvesting. So I was like, well, nobody's really done long-term studies of large plants where we're going to be doing this kind of work. So we reached out to them and I explained what the situation was and they were like, okay, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, okay, so this, I, no one's done this before. I don't know if it's going to work. And they were like, okay, that's, I mean, you know, we're, we're not doing it. You know, we're not doing it because it's easy. We do it because it's hard. Right. And they wanted to push their knowledge of what they knew how to do. And that gave me an opportunity to kind of push my knowledge of what we knew how to do. And, and uh, it was a really nice collaboration and we were able to successfully grow um, you know, uh, hundreds of tomatoes that they were able to harvest and use to make their uh, Mars special edition ketchup, um, which was really cool for us on a, on both the technical level of getting the ability to grow 
um, that much material and that much simulant. So, you know, that much simulant has not been purchased in one um, time, uh, to my knowledge, ever before. So we have over 4,000 uh, kilos of Martian simulant now here on campus to work with. In which you successfully grew these tomatoes. Yes. Now, have, and, have you tasted the ketchup yet? Um, so, you know... Um, or can you tell us? <laughs> I, I, I can tell you I have not been able to taste the ketchup. It was a real okay. limited uh, run. I did taste the com- tomatoes that made yes. the ketchup. And yes. um, and I shared some of the... T- the the Heinz people shared some of the tomatoes with me, and they said that they tasted just fine. So, bottom line, you, you, you've grown tomatoes uh, in, in Martian soil regolith. Uh, do you think we'll one day be able to successfully grow wholesale vegetables on the red planet? 100%. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're seeing research out of my group and others that are are showing uh, a lot of progress. Right. And I think, you know, what we're doing is we're leveraging over a thousand years of experience growing plants. Right. So I think, you know, to some degree, I, don't, I want to say farming is in our, our DNA. Right. But but we really are uh, as a species, we are tied to the land. Right. And I think we've made a lot of advancements in growing plants in challenging environments in the past and this is just a new frontier it's a new 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 farming 2.0 or 3.0 right such important work and and with such implications for the future our guest has been dr andrew palmer associate professor at the florida institute of technology who does extensive research on martian regolith thank you dr palmer for being with us thank you so much that's going to do it for this edition of today in stem until next time i'm wes sumner Today in STEM is brought to you by the Florida Institute of Technology and WFIT. More information available at WFIT.org.